Just imagine, the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them, on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents... JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the Justice League Unlimited Animated Series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and today we're flying solo once more, but we get to cover a great episode of JLU Dark Heart. Dark Heart originally aired December 11th, 2004, written by Warren Ellis, directed by Dan Ribba, with music by Michael McQuistion. In the cast, we had Kevin Conroy as Batman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, Carl Lumley as John Jones, George Newbern as Superman, John C. McGinley returning as the Atom, J.K. Simmons as General Eiling, Michael Each as Commander, and Catherine Cavadini as Katie. In Nevada, a pair of mountain climbers find more than a great view when they reach the Mesa's Peak. There sits a massive alien structure of some sort, crawling with nanotech spiders. The U.S. military responds but are unable to contain the ever-growing threat. They call in the entire Justice League, who manages to temporarily hold back the bots, but are unable to stop them as the machine continues to grow producing more and more drones by eating up everything around it. Jean informs Air Force General Wade Elling to move his troops back as he is about to blast a trench into the valley with the Watchtower's laser cannon. The General is incredulous that the League would have such a weapon. The trench stops the bugs for a while, but with his x-ray vision, Superman notes that each replicant is a copy of the mothership. Each copy has its own dark heart, like the one before it. Batman suggests they need the help of the leading expert in nanotechnology, their friend and teammate, Professor Ray Palmer, a.k.a. the Atom. Superman flies to Boston to retrieve him, but Ray has problems of his own. As his assistant Katie talks him through, the Atom battles a rogue nanotech bot of his own design in a small Petri dish. Disabling the bot, Ray returns to normal size, and Superman fills him in on the threat they face as they fly across the country. The League continues to battle the bugs, as well as larger robotic, tiger-like creatures but they're making no progress. The threat continues to spread. Adam warns them that this looks to be the horror of nanotechnology, an intelligence replicating itself endlessly, consuming everything it comes into contact with to fuel its reproduction. He warns that soon the three nearby towns won't be the only things consumed, but the entire country and then the world. Adam believes if he can stop the heart, it would shut the entire nano community down. He shrinks down small enough to fit in Wonder Woman's palm, and the rest of the League give them cover as they make it through to the machine. When the battle grows even more intense and Diana needs both hands free, she places Adam right in the center of her breastplate. When they approach the ship, he shrinks down even smaller and makes his way into the mothership. There he is able to access its memory. He learns that it was a weapon designed by one planet to wipe out another. Their mission succeeded, but this doomsday machine kept going moving from planet to planet, ever-consuming, ever-growing. Adam tries to smash the heart, but its defenses are impenetrable. As the League begins to succumb to the ever-growing number outside, Adam decides that maybe he can give this dark heart a heart attack. He grabs one of the main arteries leading to the heart and squeezes until the blood flow is cut off, starving it of the matter it needs to continue. The matter backs up into the other arteries, which begin to hemorrhage, bursting through the structure. The nanobots all begin to collapse in front of the leaguers outside. The machine deflates, gallons of purple goo oozing from every orifice. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman search for their heroic friend and find him in one of the puddles. Thoroughly grossed out, but no worse for the wear. The U.S. military arrive to take the machine and the dead nanobots away. Superman tells General Eiling he hopes they aren't planning on doing something with it someday. 
Eileen casually mentions that it might prove useful since it was powerful enough to almost defeat the Justice League. When Wonder Woman questions why they would ever want to do that, he reminds them of their space cannon and informs them that they will be having a conversation about that one day. Adam laments that Eileen learned nothing from the bloody history of the machine. What's to stop men like him from making another? Superman assures him that the League will be there to do so. Uh, first off, I know this episode is written by Warren Ellis, and in the past two years, the once-lauded comic author, novelist, and screenwriter of such things as Transmetropolitan, Stormwatch, The Authority, Hellblazer, Astonishing X-Men, and many others have been accused of emotional abuse, manipulation, sexual coercion, and gaslighting of multiple women, a hundred of which have come forward. He has apologized for these acts, saying he never perceived himself in any kind of power to make anyone feel this way, and apparently tried to make amends for his behavior, but he has, of course, significantly damaged his career and reputation. In the court of public opinion, he's been put into the uh, no-thank-you category for many people. That being said, we cover all of JLU, and this is actually a really good story, and themes of nanotechnology run wild through a lot of Ellis's work, so it's a good fit. Um, so let's just concentrate on the episode at hand, and we'll let history sort the rest out. There you go. So, I do really feel sorry for Billy and his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> who are climbing the mesa. Oh, I know. With just a few lines, we get to like them, yeah. because she's like, you are so dumped when we get to the top. Oh, of the yeah. Just, I mean, you know. Yeah. And then when they get to the top. All she finds of Billy is his shoe. Right. Yeah. So, and we never see Billy again. No. Now, you do see her being ushered by the army into a, a helicopter that goes away. So, you know, but poor Billy. Yeah. And I and I had never noticed that we that we see her getting ushered into the helicopter before. I'd forgot that. Right. Or I never noticed it until we started. Watched to, it again. Yeah. Until we, until we watched it again. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just me, or does the machine look like it belongs to the invaders from the pilot of Justice League Secret Origins? It, it does. I mean, just that, you know, pulsing part yeah. of it. You and know? the white, black, and mm -hmm. red look of it. I mean, it's more silver than white, but yeah. I'm surprised they didn't come up with something more distinctive from that, because it looks like it's intentionally meant to evoke them. But they don't mention any connection or anything. No, so I don't think it's supposed to. I know I have Stranger Things on the brain after binging season four and also going back and rewatching the rest, but the Tigers reminded me a lot of the demo dogs that debuted in season two. Right, right. And the whole thing where they're all interconnected, where they the all... have mind. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely feels somewhat like that. Yeah, yeah. Notice that they go after the copters and not the soldiers at first. Uh -huh. So their primary... First choice for food is metal. Right. Which makes Re sense. Versus organic. Yeah, because it takes more work to change that into what they need yeah. to keep replicating. So uh, the commander calls in for help, and we see Superman, Batman, and his Batwing, and Wonder Woman, and the Javelin respond. She's got a ship full of heroes, and we're going to see nearly the entire Justice League in this one. But let's name them as we come to them. Here we see Ice, Vixen, Crimson Avenger, Elongated Man, Green Arrow, and Nemesis. In addition to Superman and the Batwing flying alongside the Javelin is the Shining Knight on Winged Victory, Supergirl, Green Lantern, Steel, Aztec, Dr. Fate, Booster Gold, Fire, Dr. Light, Captain Atom, Red Tornado, hey, he's not dead, and Stargirl and Stripe. Right, right. <laughs> you know, after we thought Red Tornado got killed, oh, wait, here he is. Yeah, they just rebuilt him, you know, so. At ground level, we have Adam Smasher striding at giant size, Starman, 
who has an incorrectly colored red face in this scene, and the vigilante on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always cool to see vigilante in the. And he doesn't unfortunately get much to do this season, but he will in future seasons. Cool. So him and the Shining Knight. So I like Wonder Woman's line, strength and numbers and all that, with the visual of the heroes flying outside. And this is the first time we see the full league, or nearly the full league, right. in action together. There's one character that's missing from this episode. It's like, really? But anyway, we'll get to that later. So uh, We then hear from General Eiling... Voiced by J.K. Simmons, and it even looks like J.K. Simmons. Yep. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Simmons, at this point, is a national treasure, but he's done a ton of great work, but is no doubt best known to nerds as J. Jonah Jameson himself, a role he has, was born to play in two different universes. See? There you go. <laughs> he, is also, he has also played Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, both cuts, and will reprise the role in the upcoming Batgirl film if that movie can ever get past the roadblock of the doomed Flash movie. Yeah. Uh, he's also the yellow M&M and obviously the spokesman for Farmer's Insurance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Batman essentially has a freeze bomb on board that he drops on the machine in the hopes of slowing it down so Island has time to evacuate the three towns nearby. I love how Wonder Woman asks him why he has that and he says, I had to freeze the Gotham River one time. Long story. So, I mean, which villain do we think poisoned the river with that time? Was it Joker? Joker, Scarecrow, um, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Know. Who was it? Yeah, and I'm sure that technology was probably developed from Freeze's, from yeah. Freeze's technology. Yeah. And it actually seems like that may have made things worse because the spiders start hitting down the mesa away from the machine. I know. It's just like, he, you know, they're like, okay, if you're going to keep coming at us, we're going to come to you. Yeah. But I guess it's not spinning out anymore, and of course the League rushes in to destroy them. Uh, the animation in this one is very good overall, but there's, they seem to have been some trouble integrating the CGI animation in with the traditional in a few spots, because in several places, and I noticed at first when we see Green Lantern in the foreground, but there's hundreds of the bugs crawling down the mesa, and they look very pixelated. Did you notice that? I'll be honest, I didn't, you know. I didn't notice until the second time I watched mm. it when I was doing the notes. Um, on the TV, it, I didn't notice it so much, but when I watched it on the computer up yeah. closer, I, I noticed it, yeah. And oh, it, okay. The same footage repeats several times in this episode, and it looks bad every time, unfortunately. Mm. So We see the Huntress among the heroes. Not sure how she got there because didn't, they didn't show her in the javelin, but uh, she's still not in her later uniform we'll see in season two. She's in that kind of half-put-together prototype uniform. She's not in her Jim Lee outfit yet. Superman sees they are coming down through the Mesa, and they come up under the leaguers. They even pull the javelin under. Mm. But don't worry, they got hundreds of those things. Apparently, apparently. you know, they got a whole couple f- million dollars, you know, just, yeah, we got 42. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we also see that Rocket Red has joined the battle in this scene. Uh, Eiling informs them that they aren't going to get everyone out of the town of Goldhanger in, ta- in time. But Jean breaks in and informs him that he's directly in orbit above their area and it, he will be firing the League's binary fusion generator. And he tells Eiling it converts our space station's power output into a single shot. It's a gun with the punch of a small nuclear weapon, General. Um, and I can understand why Eiling is clearly disturbed yeah, by learning me too. this unaffiliated group has nuclear capabilities. It, it, you know, I mean, John just casually mentions, hey, we're going to nuke part of Nevada. 
It's for a really good reason, though. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of understand why he goes cuckoo later. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, what do we think about this? I mean, I, we kind of just said what we thought yeah. about it. But, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, I mean, that's one thing I like about this series. I mean, it's, you understand, like, the humans that uh, we're seeing with the Cadmus art, Amanda Waller, Professor Hamilton, and now guys like, um, I almost call him J.K. Simmons, uh, like General Eiling. Right. Are, you know, they're concerned and they're taking action in case the Justice League decides to go rogue. Right. And Superman in this universe did go rogue uh-huh. under Darkseid. So, obviously, the League hasn't asked permission to install this weapon. And I understand why they want it, and I understand why they feel like it's okay because it's them. But you can see how outsiders would be very apprehensive about anyone uh-huh. having this tech plus justice lords anyone. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I mean, that's I, it's really interesting that the creators went down this this path. Uh, and 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 when you watch it, you know, when you watch it the first time, you know, you're more like, oh, humans bad, justice league good, you know, <laughs> but but. but when looking at it, you know, far-reaching, you know, people that over overstep their reach. Right, exactly. And, I mean, it's, it's you know, you can kind of see why, I mean, you can't kind of see, you can see why they would be, you know, concerned. He says, you're not serious. And we're very serious. And, I mean, again, John is not handling this well. He's no. not breaking it easy. Th- this fits in with the John who was willing to let Kyle Rayner destroy half of Earth to stop Amazo. Mm-hmm. You know, because we question that. But, I mean, we're kind of starting to see a pattern. He's clearly changed his viewpoint on a few things mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, sitting up in that watchtower, you know, directing things from above, you kind of feel like he's starting to... Makes him feel removed from the masses. And is, does he start to feel like he's running the planet? Right. You know, I've got to I've got to run things for these stupid humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know John wouldn't put it that way, but... Maybe he thinks, you know, well, we're taking care of... He knows best. He knows best, exactly, yeah. Yeah. The sequence where the cannon is activated is kind of quiet and ominous, which I think is the point. I think the creators are wanting to set up doubts in the viewers' minds. Are the leaguers right in assuming this much power? Have they overstepped their very nebulous boundaries, you know? And like I said, the first to go around, I didn't... didn't, I didn't quite get it because until the storylines progress... You're not quite sure where they're going with it. Right. But in hindsight, when you know where it's going, you're like, okay, they are planting the seeds very well here. Uh-huh. They're planting seeds of doubts in the other non-Justice League characters. And honestly, they're putting seeds of, planting seeds of doubt in the minds of the viewers. Right. If you're paying attention. Yeah. So, needless to say, this gun will come up again. And boy, will it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Superman uses X-ray and microscopic vision. To see that the machine is replicating itself, and each has its own copy of the Dark Heart in the spacecraft. And I love it when Superman uses his powers correctly. I know. I I'm just, like... Yeah, I recently uh, was on the World's Greatest Super Friends podcast with John S. Drew and uh, Dan Greenfield. And uh, we talked about the last episode of Super Friends Season 1. And in that episode, uh, the ecological thing happens, and all these starfish are on the coral reef and are eating it. So they need to remove it, but they don't want to hurt them. Well, Superman goes and borrows a wind machine from Hollywood to blow them off. And Wonder Woman, like, wires it up to a, a big uh, uh, power tower to 
It's like, d- doesn't he have super breath? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's nice when, yeah, they, they actually use his powers correctly. So Batman says they need Ray Palmer. It's nice to see Batman actually admitting he doesn't know everything. Uh-huh. But he says Superman will get to him the fastest. Where the hell is the Flash? He's not in this episode at all. He's the one character that I can think of that, well, the question's not in it either. Right. But the Flash, you know, somebody that could actually have helped here is not in it. I mean, I know for whatever reason, Michael Rosenbaum does not record anything for Justice League Season 1. Oh. We see him in the, we see him a couple times in the, in like, like the he periphery. was in, he was in the, the Amazo episode, but he never spoke. But I mean, Green Lantern doesn't speak in this episode either and he's in it. Right. So it's like, why didn't he, why didn't they show the Flash? I mean, you know, hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. Uh, then we once again meet Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom, voiced once more by John C. McGinley. We questioned if the public knew Ray and The Atom were the same in The Return, the Amazo episode. And here we now know that at least the university he works at knows yeah. he's The Atom because he's doing experiments in his Atom costume. He's talking to Katie, his assistant. Right. So she, you know, obviously the university knows who he is. Uh, so apparently Ray created this snake-like nanotech bot, and it has gone rogue, and he's out to shut it down inside a Petri dish. Uh, he's expecting to find something tiny, but he says, it's as big as my car now, Katie, and I blame you. Yeah. <laughs> Katie asks, how can it be her fault? Because otherwise it would be my fault. That can't be right. I'm a professor. <laughs> it sounds like a conversation you've had with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professor. I know, but you're just like, oh, it, it, I can't be wrong. I mean, you know, it has to be your fault because then it would be my... If it wasn't, it'd be my fault. And that can't be right. <laughs> You've actually said that. Yeah, but I was just joking. Okay. And so was he. So, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, he fights a bit with the snake bot, opens a control panel, and sees what's wrong and just decides to punch it. You know. Uh, and I love the exchange him and Katie have, but we'll get into that in our superlatives. I want to I save that for later. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So I like how Superman and Ray seem familiar with each other. We know for certain they met when Superman came back from the future to stop right. Vandal Savage's solar flares and hereafter because future Vandal, Vandal Savage told him to go find Ray Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. So, plus it just makes it feel like the Satellite League kind of happened here, even if I, I know it didn't. You know, yeah. it's like the Satellite Justice League are chummy, you know. So, while riding to Nevada sitting in Superman's ear, Adam explains the theories of, of Dr. John Von Neumann who theorized space would be explored with self-replicating robots. John Von Neumann was a real person and one of the very early pioneers in computers, a genius mathematician, and one of the first minds to theorize about self, self-replication years before the structure of DNA was discovered. He also worked on the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. So, very smart guy. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Batman informed Superman when he asked, what trench? Because the trench didn't really work. No. Uh, to, so the league just spooked the U.S. military for no Yeah, that's reason. what gets me. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, no yeah. point. They just played their hand and just opened up a whole can of worms for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We now see Wildcat and Blue Devil, call out the shag. Uh, they have joined the fight. Yes. So, there you go. Yeah, no Firestorm, but at least you got Blue Devil shag. Yeah, so. there you go. Adam Smasher is shown doing his thing, and it makes me want, wish they'd made a 10-inch figure of him in the toy line. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because, I mean, they made they made the Adam, oddly enough. Right. But they didn't make Adam Smasher. And I have the Adam, but I, you know, they didn't make Adam Smasher. It's kind of weird that they did use Adam Smasher in this one since they have the Adam. Which, you know, in 
in without the context of the Golden Age Adam being the godfather of Adam Smasher, it's kind of weird, you know, because mm. he was Nuclon who then became Adam Smasher, you know. Okay. Yeah, you know, Infinity Incorporated and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Not up on Infinity Incorporated, huh? No. Oh, okay. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Sorry. No, that's fine. My um, geek card is not as extensive as yours. No, that's okay. Batman uses up his Batwing's armaments, and then some nano tigers launch from the mothership and attack it. He has to eject, and they even fire at his seat, which probably had a bat hang glider or parachute in it. Yeah. Uh, so then Batman is just falling, or actually he's skydiving without a chute. Woo. And I love his I love his line, Batman to all points. I could use some air support since I can't fly at all. Yeah. Now it would be good. And at the last second, Superman just swoops in and grabs him, and neither one even mentions it. No, uh-uh. They just go on talking about what's going on. It's just another day at the office, and they trust one another to have their backs. Yeah. World's finest team and all that. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I, I love that, though. It's just like, you know, Batman's not like, oh, thanks, Superman. Or, or And Superman's like, are you okay? Or just like, they're just like, no, oh, okay, I caught yeah. you. Now let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> They do a great job of explaining how this thing works, how it replicates, and how the central control must be reprogrammed or destroyed if it's ever going to be stopped. And Ray intends to reprogram it at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Superman, Steel, and Dr. Light clear a path for Wonder Woman, who is now holding the atom. And he says, uh, just don't squeeze. Yeah. You know, she, and he shrinks down even smaller inside her hand. So, uh, When they need more cover, Batman calls in Supergirl and Green Lantern. And the Ray, not... Ray Palmer, but the Ray, Ray right. uh, shows up too. So he's in this episode as well. Nobody asked him, but he showed up and helped anyway. So uh, Batman pulls out extending bat blade thingies. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen these before. They look a bit like his lance weapons from his Kingdom Come armor. Yeah, true. And, okay. And I, I guess about that. they're yeah. kind of his version of Nightwing's Eskimera sticks oh, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, okay. you know, Daredevils or whoever, you know, those kind yeah. of baton weapons, yeah. We briefly see Commander Steel, Vibe, and Vixen working together. Someone besides Shag actually likes JL Detroit. <laughs> Christopher. That's not nice. I still don't like them. They, they made me cry. Uh, Vigilante rides his motorcycle. That damn Justice League annual made me cry. Screw you, Aquaman. Sorry. Uh, Vigilante rides. Okay, you, can you reference what you're talking about? Well, that's in, in Justice League annual number two. Aquaman disbands the Justice League. Because he's a founding member, uh-huh. and because uh, the Martians invaded Earth, and like Superman, Flash, and Wonder Woman were like, they were occupied, they didn't show up, the rest of the League didn't show up, they almost lost, and Aquaman says, I'm disbanding the Justice League, and the only way we'll have a Justice League if it's people that can do it full time. Mm. And that's where the Justice League Detroit comes in. Uh. So that's where you get Vibe, and Gypsy, and Commander Steel, and Nixon, and you know, all them. And so yeah, so... He disbanded the Justice League and it made me cry. Oh, <laughs> I was nine years old. So, oh, my mom brought me that book home and I'm like, oh, well, why'd you bring this book home? I hate it. Yeah, you know, just. <laughs> I just want to give you a hug. Yeah. <laughs> Vigilante rides his motorcycle over the spiders, but is knocked off his bike. He then hitches a ride with the Shining Knight for a Seven Soldiers of Victory reunion. There and, you go. And oddly enough, we're going to have a true Seven Soldiers reunion. And General Eiling will be very important to that in season three. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, 
Yeah, and that episode even connects some things to another animated series that blew people's mind. I'll just put it that way. So, so they then get attacked by the tigers, and because she's holding the atom in one hand, Wonder Woman needs Green Lantern's help to stop the one that pounced on her. That's why she says, I need both hands, Professor Palmer. And what does she do, Cindy? Puts him in between her boobs. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> so, I mean. Be careful here. Why did they do this? I mean, I, you know, I mean, seriously, though. I mean, is there any other reason to do this besides just sneaking some TNA in there? I mean, just to show like a massive close-up of, of Wonder Woman's cleavage? I I don't know. I mean, there are some people, and the people that do this gross me out, but there are some people that, like, if they don't have an outfit that has pockets in it, they'll put, like, their phone or their money in their bra. That's just gross, especially in the summer. It's just nasty. <laughs> I've seen women do this, and I'm like, <laughs> Maybe it's from the same... Bleh. No. Mm-mm. Well, I, I do know, and I mean... I'm just gonna say this because I did I did a I did one issue I drew one issue of of AC Comics Fem Force and they had at the time and I don't I haven't kept up with AC Comics or Fem Force but at the time they had like they had a flip book thing on the back and they had they were really into a series of giant women mm-hmm. comics and. That's a thing, apparently. That's a fetish thing, you know. Um, sticking Tiny Adam inside Wonder Woman's cleavage might be somebody's kink. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The fact that we've established, and this is nothing against Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim likes to draw women, you know. He likes his women. He likes to draw women. I shouldn't say he likes women like he's a cheater or something. But he likes to draw women. He, you know... That might have come from him. The fact that Warren Ellis wrote this little problematic, given his attitude toward women. <laughs> uh, and all I got to say is, this is Nevada. Boob sweat is a real thing. <laughs> Ray Palmer done drowned. <laughs> Wonder Woman, did you get the atom to the machine? Um, Bruce, we've got a problem. What problem? Um, he's dead. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, what a way to go for him, but, you know. He's dead. Why is he smiling? (laughs) But, again, Nevada. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And how does that work with metal and being in... It shows him hold on to the point of the W. So he's not, like, actually, like, cuddled up back into her boobs. I mean, he's hanging on to the point, but, I mean, still they're pressing up against... You know, so it's like, I mean, because they show it. I mean, like, on the screen, there's a tiny little atom and, like, two just right, giant fleshy orbs in the screen. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm serious. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so nuts that they did this. She couldn't tuck him in her, like, her belt or where she sticks her magic lasso or her tiara. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, why didn't she stick him in the point of her tiara? You would have got the same thing and he could have hung on to the point. Right. And not been down in her boobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I didn't mean to move on, but it's just, I don't it's, know. it's one of them. Uh, what? You guys really did that? Okay. <laughs> I think it goes along with the thing. Give daddy something to watch. Yeah, that's right. 
it's all it's the same thing that you know like we need Linda Carter to run a lot in this episode in every episode a lot like a lot you know it's like you know it's just well I was Wonder Woman like let's like slow mo of Wonder Woman running but wow in that outfit I mean come on you know anyway this I'm just saying I'm not saying me I'm saying you know oh please <laughs> you're not dead I'm not dead yeah. The sounds of the bugs, the sounds that the bugs make is similar to the ships in the classic 1950s George Powell production of War of the Worlds. So I thought that was kind of a nice little bit. Uh, Wonder Woman uses her lasso to grab a bot, then spins it around like a mace, taking a ton of them out. I thought that was a pretty impressive move. Mm -hmm. I like that. Then there's a big up boob shot as she tells Ray to go. I mean, like the camera's like up under her cleavage and yeah. he jumps out. It's like another like Really, guys? Okay, we're not going to keep going on about it, but I'm just like... <laughs> it's a good thing Starfire wasn't a member of the Justice League. Oh, my gosh. The comic version, not the, you know, the yeah. animated, you know, but the, yeah, the George Perez star, he would have drowned there, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Especially their orange. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if, if Galatea was actually Power Girl. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, Ray looks like he's on the coolest water slide ever. As Told he slides you, boob the, sweat. Boobs. <laughs> he's well lubricated as he slides down through. This is awful. We are bad. This is awful. Uh, <laughs> Vibe is seen fighting outside. He's seen floating again. On here he can fly. I guess we just need to accept it, you know. It's yeah. just like, you know. Some, sometimes on the Super Friends, Flash would fly for no good reason. They got him confused with Johnny Quick. I don't know. But Dr. Midnight is shown working with Elongated Man and Wildcat. And this looks like the original Charles McKnighter, Dr. Midnight. So he's in the original, no frills added, Golden Age costume. Uh, Ray's going on about the wondrous scientific marvel he's staring at. And Batman says, save it for the autopsy. I thought that was pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have another good exchange. It's a war machine. What was your first clue? Yeah. <laughs> so the reveal of its origins reminded me a lot yes. of the classic Star Trek episode, yep. the Doomsday Machine. Yeah. Uh, that is a fantastic episode, despite the original effects not quite measuring up to the story. It's one of the few episodes of the that they've redone with the new, that's like 10 years old now, effects that I think actually enhances it. Yeah. It enhances it. yeah. One of the few like that, so yeah. Which, by the way, me and Cindy have been watching uh, Strange New Worlds. Yes. Oh my God, we love that show. <laughs> yeah, we're you know we've, we've been binging the crap out of it the last couple of days. Well, we're through episode six, six, and we've had it for two days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was waiting. We don't have Paramount Plus normally, and I was waiting till it was over so we could binge it all. Yeah. And I don't even really care about Watch Picard season two. I'm enjoying this so much. I know it is so good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a letdown after watching this. Yeah, I, I do because this is my this is this is this this is how I like my Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, it's actually Star Trek. They're trekking to the stars and exploring worlds. You know, so <laughs> imagine that somebody just made a TV show like that and it works. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, the mothership activates some internal defenses and Ray has to run from them. He shrinks down even smaller and accesses the core control. But when he tries to punch it like his snake, he gets shocked. I like that callback. Yeah. It didn't work this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's kind of like, don't think like a superhero, Ray. Think like a scientist. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Notice the spider bots are getting bigger outside. Do you notice that? I hadn't, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because now they're like human size. Yeah. Yeah, because they're on top of Wonder Woman, like, you know, like the, the 
legs, the pointy legs coming down at her. Um, the cuts of Ray squeezing the artery back to the beleaguered heroes is pretty intense. Then boom, purple Kool-Aid everywhere. You know, yeah. <laughs> I always like, you always ask the kids, are you bleeding purple Kool-Aid when they get hurt? Yeah. And they're like, no, you're okay. Go back. You don't yeah, go on. You're fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I always tell the kids, are you bleeding? Are you broken? No blood, no puke. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> no blood, no puke, no poop. Go to school. That's right. Do you think it's weird how it deflates like a balloon kind of, you notice that? Well, but you know, you've got the, because they have been taking some organic material in. That's where I figured that where the goo mm. came from. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. We do see black canary, hawk, obsidian, and crimson fox on the battlefield looking at the dead drones. We don't see Dove, oddly enough, but I guess maybe they figured in this kind of fight, Dove's not much good. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, (laughs) And Ray, you know, they can't find him at first, and then they see this little speck in the the puddle, and he he grows, but he doesn't have the atomic uh, symbol around him, rings around him this time, which I thought, I think they forgot. But he just says, that was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I just love John C. McGinley. He's he's fantastic. Oh yeah. In this, yeah, I like him in everything. But yeah. Uh, now I know you had a problem with them letting the Ultimen go into military custody. Why are they letting this potentially world-ending technology go with them? I think it might be one of those cases. They're like, hmm. They just found out we have a mega trench tunnel. <laughs> Let's not, you know. Let's not piss them off any further. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Superman and Green Lantern could have just hurled it into the sun. The true. Which true. is, you know, they're Superman's answer for everything, which, you know, or either hurl something into the sun or hurl himself into the sun. Like right. The, you know, well, we won't spoil things for people, but but anyway. Uh, of course, any argument, like, like you said, any argument might have been Eiling smuggling, reminding them of their weapon of mass destruction in space. Right. So, yeah. And as I said before, you can't really blame him. No. I mean, you know, Superman has gone rogue, and, and now he's heading a whole team of superpowered beings. Yeah. But I love that last line exchange between Adam and Superman when Adam says, Amazing. Show him a weapon that destroyed his creators and every other thing it saw, and he wants to play with it. What's to stop history from repeating itself right here on Earth? And then Superman just looks at him and goes, We are. And then you get this massive shot of almost the entire team looking up and hey, our man showed up for the class photo at the last minute. Yeah, you know, so it's like you know, and you can you know, if you want to be kind of J.K. Simmons, they can you can say we are leaguers. Bump, 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 bump. But by the same token, they didn't. They almost didn't defeat the machine. And the thing is, is the machine was learning as it went. So next time, right. it almost took the whole league to put it down. This time, what's going to happen next time? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think we get. We spoiler warning. I don't think this technology returns. I don't think it does, unless it's part of the Cadmus arc that I've forgotten, right? And it's worked in with something else because I haven't gone back and rewatched these in a long time. All of them, I'm rewatching them as you know we do this, right? Um, I watched you know piecemeal episodes, but there's there's some of the the overarching Cadmus episodes I haven't watched. Um, so yeah, I, we'll see, but I, I don't think this technology returns. We better hope it doesn't, but you know so. Yeah. So for our superlatives. Power action feature. For power action feature, this is Ray's episode. And the heart attack thing is clever. But for sheer for sheer thrills, 
I got to give it to Superman's last second save to Batman. What about you? I would definitely say so, so too. And the big thing about that is that, like you said, it's just another day at the office. They don't make a big deal out of such a big thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Rotating chairperson. For the rotating chairperson, it has to be... The Adam. Oh, yeah. 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 Although the big three have their moments, this is totally his showcase. Now, we will hear McGinley again as Ray Palmer in next season. For a minute, I thought this was his last episode, but he is in season. He's in an episode of season two. A pretty important episode of season two. Justice League Communicator. For Justice League Communicator, I, I don't know about you, but after Ray defeats the snake... He's lying flat on the dead nano snake after Katie frantically calls to him. Professor Palmer, Professor Ray. I'm going to lay here for a while, Katie. I'm old now and I get tired. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me and you talking to each other. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you have a line you like better than that? I don't. This, and I mean, this goes back to the whole thing, you know, when. Ray, you know, goes into Wonder Woman's hand. He's like, now don't squeeze. And I'm just thinking to myself, what about, wonder what he thinks later. <laughs> Not something he even said, but that's where my brain went. Yeah, I mean, if she crosses her arms to do the bracelet snake. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna, yeah, he's crushed to death. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird. We're going to heck. Comic Connections. For comic connections, I, I don't think there's an actual comic connection here that I can think of. If anyone knows of one, let us know. Uh, maybe something that Warren Ellis did in another title. I'm not super familiar with his work. I've read some of it, but I'm not. You know, I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't follow him or anything. So I'm thankful for now because I don't have to feel skeevy about it. But, right. You know. Electricity is evil. Electricity is evil. Uh, the defensive tentacles inside the mothership shock Ray. Yeah. So you know that's uh. That's that's pretty much what we got in this one. So what are your overall thoughts on, on this episode? It's a nice done in one. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's one of those cases, yes, it was a huge threat, but it got resolved in one thing. Also, this episode, like you said, um, on return viewing, you're like, oh, there's the seed for this. There's the seed for this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely, um, it, it one introduces General Eiling, uh-huh. who will be important in the Cadmus story arc and even beyond Cadmus. Right. Uh, honestly, when some of the other ones have kind of like changed their tune, he doesn't. Right. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and and it, you know it's pretty dark, but the dialogue is snappy and it keeps things fun. John C. McGinley again is great as the Adam. Uh, I really wish he'd been on it even more, uh, but he you know he's got two showcase episodes this season and he he. Knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, I know the problem with the writer aside, I, this is a great episode of the it series. Is, it is. Yeah. Well, another thing is, is you're seeing, Jean, the progression. Not only do you see these seeds that be, are being shown about how the general humanity, general public might be perceiving the Justice League and why there's the Cadmus Project, why there's Galatea, why, you know, different things like that. But you're also seeing how Jean is starting to remove himself from humanity and what happens later with that. That's a whole part of that story arc. True. Very true. Yeah. Good point. Uh, well, that'll do it for this one. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club Podcast, and David Capoon for specifically supporting JLU Cast. 
You men are to report to General Elling and inventory all of those nano spiders. <laughs> Get on it. Uh, next time, it's the last episode before we take our fall break to return to the House of Frankenstein. And what better way to transition into spooky season than with an episode called Wake the Dead. See you then. Bye. Bye. JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue mommy and daddy. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. I don't suppose you need any help destroying that. Wouldn't want that technology falling into the wrong hands. We can learn a lot from it. It almost beat the Justice League, after all. Why would you need something to do that, General? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because it turns out the Justice League has had a secret space-based weapon of mass destruction all along. And we're going to be talking about that someday. Believe me. Ma'am.